0: They say small business is the backbone of America. So what's the best way to support a small business? It is to learn more about them and share with your family and friends. We interview founders from across the world who have started and scaled their business through the ups and downs, long hours, and the rewards that come from sacrificing their time to build their business. Welcome to First to Arrive, Last to Leave, the journey of an entrepreneur.
1: another episode of first to arrive last to leave I'm Erin Gregor I'm Courtney Radlaw and today I'm not even gonna say I'm excited because <laughs> excited doesn't begin to explain how I am this has been I think we're on up ep- well this has been a long time in the making yeah. we're like what six months in, four months in five months into this thing mm-hmm. we've been begging for our guest today he's a very 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 busy man mm-hmm. it's been a hard get but he is here in studio <laughs> today the Josh Johnson hello see
2: I'm not the Josh Johnson I have you guys know and the reason why I say that is because uh, I was in California one time and I had a telemarketer that called and said you know they're doing their spiel and then in the middle of it she goes wait are you are you Josh Johnson I said yes I'm I'm Josh Johnson she (laughs) says are you the Josh Johnson (laughs) And I said, I don't know about these, but I'm a Josh Johnson. And she says, wait a minute, wait a minute. Do you live in California? I so said, I travel all over with business, but I I spend a lot of time in California. She's like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. I so, said, all right. Now, what what I should have done was say, hey, my lady, I, I think that you – Think that I'm somebody else. I'm probably. Oh, no, you roll with it. Exactly. So I was just like, hey, you know, I do what I do. And she started asking me all about my time on HGTV and all those kind of things. And so I just kept pumping her for information. (laughs) Come to find out, she thought that I was Josh Sparkle Johnson,
1: who is
2: a very famous interior designer. Um, The reason why his name is Josh Sparkle Johnson is because all of his interior designs have sparkles. So oh. A lot of bling. Um, oh so gosh. anybody that's Googling, Google Josh Sparkle Johnson, and we look almost exactly alike. Do you With the exception really? that he has long blonde hair and blue oh. eyes. <laughs> so other than that.
1: Any sparkle. I've never seen you wear sparkles. No, I haven't. I haven't you. sparkled,
2: but I am inspired by Josh Sparkle Johnson to sparkle
1: all right i love that
0: during that whole thing you were kind of creating a narrative behind the scenes of her of like what questions you're asking like oh yeah i'm him
2: yeah yeah i was (laughs) like well you know hgtv sometimes we do this sometimes we do that and then she starts asking me about the episodes and i was like well what part was your favorite
1: (laughs) that poor girl yeah, yeah. well actually did she hang up thinking she talked to the josh sparkle well, I johnson well
2: i had to um i had to actually come clean <laughs> okay because she called later on that evening which i Again? know yes yeah, <laughs> and which i know was not uh, appropriate but she called from her <laughs> own number and then that's when i was like hey listen but even then did i didn't she really yes real? even then <laughs> this i didn't was amazing even then i didn't come completely clean cuz <laughs> i was like um well you know i do play sports because there's a Josh Johnson that's a professional football – two Josh Johnsons that say, are professional that's a pretty, football yeah. players. There's a Josh Johnson that's a professional baseball player, and I can't remember. There's also a Josh Johnson that's a comedian. Um, oh, so I that's went, you. I went down the line of all of You're these close. different Josh Johnsons. She's like, wait a minute. You must not – I was like, no, I'm sorry. I'm just a regular old Josh Johnson from New Orleans, Louisiana.
0: <laughs> that poor girl. And there it is.
2: There it yeah. is. And there
0: is the – now, it, you know, yeah. it's undeniable – Louisiana. That's right. How did I not catch that before? I feel I'm very disappointed in myself. But. I know, I know. Yeah,
1: like I knew he was a Saints
0: fan within like five seconds of meeting
1: him. Absolutely. What well, did
0: he tell you or was he wearing a shirt? Because usually this is how uh, I, I think you were doing best.
1: dances around probably. probably Saint dances and stuff. Yeah. yeah. So I probably see. need to Okay, so Josh is part of the Goldman Sachs program. Mm-hmm. We all met him yeah. going in. You were uh, a business advisor to those in the forums, like Mm -hmm. in the groups while we were going through it. Now your role has changed in the cohorts. Thank Mm you. Um, So let's start like history. How did you go from Josh Johnson, HGTV, Sparkle, (laughs) to Josh Johnson, Goldman Sachs, Business Advisor?
2: Oh, well, let's go. Yeah, let's go. Let's do that part. Um, So I let me see where to start. I sold my businesses in 2019. Okay, what kind of businesses? um, Real estate company, insurance company in 2019, and we decided to move to Dallas. Okay. And uh, my wife kept saying, hey, you know, do you want to come off the road? I still had had the rental company, and I still had the um, consulting firm, and that consulting firm has me traveling all over. So... My wife was like, do you want to come off the road? I was like, there's no way you can come off the road. Like, what I do, I get in the trenches with the people. I I do this with them. There's no way that you can do what I do um, without being face-to-face with these folks all over the country. And then COVID happened. Mm-hmm. And uh, like there was no trip? traveling. Yeah, And all of my clients were like, nope, you're not coming, you know, from with the germs on the airplanes. We've seen... We've seen, what was that movie, Outbreak? Yeah. Yeah, we've seen Outbreak. That's how all the stuff, just, you know, the planes went all, yeah, you're not coming. So then (laughs) I learned how to uh, consult virtually, like we all did. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, And during that time, uh, I saw something that was looking for a 10-KSB or something with this thing called 10-KSB, didn't know anything about it looked into it and it wound up being a really good fit because they said, Hey, we want you to do what you're doing all over the country for our small businesses here in Dallas. So I was like, hey, I could do that.
0: That's amazing. And it all transpired because of COVID.
2: Yes. Yes.
0: Yeah.
1: So I'm curious, coming from the entrepreneur world to now helping entrepreneurs, do you miss it? Like Mm -hmm. is it hard for you sometimes to like do you get the itch to want to go back out there and do your own thing or and I know you part time Mm -hmm. stuff but um how is that balance for you so here's
2: the fun part about me i tell people people always say josh you are a serial entrepreneur and i go oh no 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 i am not a serial entrepreneur at all in my mind i am not an entrepreneur at all really in my mind i'm a hard-working little guy that wound up finding mentors that told me you know you should try this And you know, when you're in your 20s, you can never fail. You cannot lose. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of how my story started. Again, I had no desire to own my own business. I had no desire to do the things that I did. Uh, It started with my first mentor. He was my marketing professor. He asked me what do I want to do with my life. I told him I wanted to be CMO, Chief Marketing Officer, of some big Fortune 500 company. And he was like, no, 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 the backbone of... American economy is small business and I said, I don't know what that means. Yeah, uh, and he said no no what you want to do is you want to create a, uh, a Business and and create processes and and run that business and have that business run for you Da-da-da-da-da again. I had no clues to what, he, what I was talking about and I said well will you help me he says yes, so I started my first company um, Ooh, I'm gonna date myself you ready started my first company and I could do things that no one else can do with websites. You ready? I can make the background change colors.
1: <laughs> Ooh. That's where yeah. you got your sparkle nickname. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I also
2: could make a ball bounce across the screen Ooh. now, of course. So now we we know them as landing pages and all yeah. that. But back in the day, that's they were, that, they you know, the fact that I was able to do that with those men, that was pretty good. So anyway, fast forward. Um, I call it the land of more and the land of more says that if you do something well enough, people will come back and want more and more and Mm -hmm. more from you, not just in quantity, but in variety of services as well. And I do a whole speech on that. But the gist of it is in the land of more, people said, hey, while you're doing my website, can you do my um, my ad slicks and my TV commercials and radio? So I, you know, I did suspend a stint in tv and radio so yeah i could do that too and yes i i was working with gannett so i could do your ad slicks and so now i have a full-on advertising agency yeah. and then land of more people start going well can you do my um, um can you do all of my marketing can you buy my medias so and i have that and then people said well i got i got turned down for a business loan you know can you help me with my business plan wow. so then that turned into a consulting firm um and so that's how that evolved. And then some of my clients that I was working with, one of them happened to be in insurance. He was like, you know, insurance is the backbone of the American economy. And I was like, what the heck does that mean? <laughs> and he was like, you should own an insurance agency. So next thing you know, he and I go and are working with Allstate. And then we got into with um, REMAX, hung our hats with REMAX. And then during all of that, I had a mentor. um, that was in the car business. Um, so then I started my car business. Uh, oh. And so I had, at one point, I had the insurance agency, the real estate, um, fixing, flipping, and, and renting. Um, had the car business. What was the car uh, business? Uh, it was a, a dirt lot. Um, tote your note type of used car. So think about, John Balne Ford Sewell Cadillac, yeah. and then go down about 40 levels to two guys smoking in front of an old woodshed with a whole bunch of park cars on the front lawn. I don't smoke, but just imagine that, and <laughs> you'd be right about where I was. Okay. Yes. So I had all of that uh, going on, and the idea was was that if I had all these different businesses, then I'd be recession-proof. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that was a wrong. Yeah. Um, Turns out when people don't have money, they can't buy a house, a car, <laughs> or anything else. So, um, 2005, Hurricane Katrina hit. Oh. And then right after Hurricane Katrina hit, um, the housing bubble bursts, mm-hmm. and then the recession hit. So, in a matter of uh, a year, I went from feeling like I was on top of the world to um, wondering... Um, Wondering how I was going to make things right and Mm -hmm. when I say make things right, I was underwater under debt and uh, My wife who Reluctantly went on this ride of entrepreneurship with me um, We're now staring at like how are we gonna make it? That was the first I always say that's the first that was the only time I was suicidal, but I wasn't suicidal because I was thinking man. I uh, I don't want to I don't want to be here. I was suicidal because I was thinking, shoot, I got all of this debt. At least I have an insurance policy that, you know, after a certain period of time, um, mm-hmm. it'll yeah. at least pay off all those debts and my wife can go around and be happy. I'm not going to be here, but at least she yeah. can oh. um, At least she can be. So, again, my journey is not one where I felt like I was an entrepreneur. It was just people told me I should do stuff and I did it.
1: So talk about getting back up. So, like, obviously, Mm -hmm. you're here, you were, you know, and you sold businesses in 2019. So, you're at that point. Mm -hmm. It's a very pivotal point. You got to dig yourself out. Mm -hmm. You got to put, you know, try again, right? Look and say, all right, I probably, I know I did this, this, and this wrong, right? Like, maybe you grew too fast. Maybe you were adding too much before, you know, all these things. So, can you talk about that process of, all right, let's assess? it's I'm here I'm gonna stay here what do I have to do now to make this right
2: great question Um, so a couple things go in the land of more right Mm -hmm. this this is basically paraphrased from E-Myth with Michael Gerber so uh, great book E-Myth by Michael Gerber Um, essentially what it says is in the land of more if you do something well enough people will want more in variety services and quantity until you die which means you stretch yourself out so thin that you're no longer able to do what you need to do as a business and then as an individual physically. Mm-hmm. So there have been people that have you know checked out, unfortunately, um, because they, they've stretched themselves out too thin. I always tell people that Hurricane Katrina was my, was my heart attack because uh, fast forward a little bit, I started consulting for businesses and getting them out of the, the hole that, that I'd put myself in and learned how to get out of. So I started consulting with businesses all over the country doing business reorg and workarounds. And a lot of the clients that I had were family members where mom or dad was the, was the business owner and they checked out checked out early. Mm. And so now the family's trying to figure out how to make ends mm-hmm. meet how they run this business where mom and dad was the one that ran it before and so i realized wow hurricane katrina was my was my heart attack and there's a book called from good to great Mm -hmm. Um, and in that book they talk about the hedgehog concept Mm -hmm. and so in that reassessment i had to figure out number one what was i good at it sure was not the car business (laughs) Ah, (laughs) let me say the car business um Losing the car business uh, during Katrina was a blessing because I sucked at, at selling cars. It's a it's a killer be killed type of scenario, and I just was too nice. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So that wasn't my strength. So I had to find out what my strengths were and then surround myself with people that complemented those strengths and then also made up for where the areas that I was weak in. But just stay in one simple path and then run that path to greatness um so hurricane Katrina comes in the recession hits um I do more consulting I get I get rid of the businesses that I can't that are sucking up my time and energy I keep the stuff that's that's really good um and then constantly deciding to reinvest in myself read more um became Way more involved in community activities because I realized, holy crap, this little old boy from Ninth Ward, New Orleans, who didn't think that he was going to be anybody, now has at least something to tell someone else to pull up with him. Yeah, so, yeah. I don't know if that if that's yeah. answers the question, but that's kind of what it was.
1: Can you talk about like going back? I always love to know. The, did you grow this business? Like, did you add too much too fast? Absolutely. What, okay, and we're like. Were you just like, oh, yeah, like and kind of, I'm going to add this and, like, think it's going to be okay and not really put the, pro- like, can you talk about, like, if you were to, like, assess that whole situation and obviously Hurricane Katrina is a big deal yes. and it happened and it, but were there things that you look back you're like, yeah, I know probably if I had done this and this, I would have been a little more okay or probably didn't need to add. I mean, I think the car business sounds stellar.
0: <laughs> it, was, it was fun
2: to drive all those different cars, which okay. I later on was like, you know what? I'm not going to drive all the nice cars. I'm going to keep the, I'm going to drive the trade-ins. Yeah. Um, so it didn't work out for me quite as well. But um, to answer your question on that, um, I always teach That you have to grow strategically and manageably. Mm -hmm. And then I go through this whole spiel of what is strategically, what is management. Strategically means I'm growing with a purpose. Mm -hmm. Manageably means I'm growing within my control. So there's a lot of us that grow strategically. We have a plan that I'm going to do this, this, and this, and they execute the plan, right? The problem is, is that growing strategically means that I'm doing the plan, doing the plan, and I'm growing so fast that. Uh, I don't I'm not ready for this growth. I don't I'm not ready for um, the capital gains. I'm not ready for the taxes. I'm not ready for the employment, Mm -hmm. the the employees, uh, the staffing that that's going to take. I'm not ready for the financial component that that's going to take. Right. But I know the plan that I'm trying to go at. The other side is manageably. And you have some of those people that grow manageably. And what that looks like is I want to make sure it stays within my control. And that growth is very, very slow. They mm-hmm. don't take on debt. They don't take on any of those things. Like, if I can't see, if I can't put my hands around it, then I'm not going to grow. The problem there is, is that they have a great idea. People are wanting or demanding that great idea, but they're not going to grow that fast. So they start feeding their competition. Yeah. Um, uh... Yeah. And so you, if you come up with a great idea and you feed your competition, well, you stay stagnant or you stay growing very very slowly um, but then your competition comes in and goes straight past you so for me um when i'm reassessing I, i learned that i grew strategically very very quickly um i learned that give you an example the how to flip a house i learned that very quickly but i also learned incorrectly by doing it the wrong way that you know what you should probably stick with one or two houses at a time yeah, versus yeah. five or six Oh, wow! Uh, yeah. And next thing you know things are going all over you plates are dropping and uh, you know and you get yourself into financial buying yeah so it was a lot of trial and error and then that trial and error you had to go in and reassess internally and say you know what what did you do wrong and, and acknowledge and own up to that the, that those mistakes
1: yeah.
0: I find it unique because there's a lot of opportunity to have ego mm-hmm. in those particular situations. And it's almost like by going in, I mean, was it that crossroads when Katrina happened? Was that the time that you went in? Oh. Or was it prior to that? Or, or, you know, where did it that, where you were like, okay, it's time to assess this?
2: Let me tell you <laughs> um, um, I coined the phrase false humility. Mm hmm. Right. Yeah. False humility is when you do something really great, you know, it's great. and Somebody tells you you're great. and You go, oh, no, it's, it's just <laughs> no. it was a team effort. It was a team effort, um, not realizing at the time I had a lot of false humility um, on the outward appearance. Um, when people talk to me, I was like, you know, I'm just a humble servant trying to do things for my community, et cetera, et cetera. But on the inside, let me tell you. Josh Johnson, I was the Josh Johnson. There was no sparkle. There was nobody else. It was the Josh Johnson. I thought that I had made it. I thought that I had arrived. Katrina and the recession and all those kind of things really helped me to know that I am not as awesome as I thought I was. Mm -hmm. Um, Man, I, you, just to give you the short version of that, um, so Katrina comes in, they don't know what to do with the money. Um, so there's this, this stalemate of seven or eight months where um, they're not giving out any money. The The federal government, even though uh, George Bush enacted um, funds to be released, the state was the one that was administering those funds, and they didn't know what to do. They didn't want to give out the funds and then people not come back to New Orleans. So you had seven or eight months where no one was receiving any aid outside of Red Cross and all those other things. Um but we had we had expenses,
1: yeah,
2: right. And they helped the big businesses, they helped the families, but the pe the small business owners, kind of, were left in the in the trenches. Mm. So we were trying to figure out like where are we gonna get this assistance from. Meanwhile, money is flying out of my pockets, money that I thought I would never spend in my entire life, is flying out of my pockets, um, and I don't know how to stop it. And when you when you have that type of scenario going on top of lawsuits, because people were people were suing people that they thought, you know, had the money. Oh my so gosh. I were getting a lot of lawsuits from my tenants, a lot of lawsuits from um, people that I sold houses to, like all types of things, like these lawsuits are coming in. And a lot of them were thrown out of court, um, but you still have to go through those processes. You have to fight them. You still have to fight them. You yeah. still have to pay for them. Mm-hmm. So man that was that was that was a very humbling experience and i i learned true humility through that and i and i i will tell anybody that listens that it was a blessing for me it was absolutely a blessing cuz number 1 it was my heart attack it was my wake up call that some of my clients did not get because they checked out completely i was lucky enough that it made me take a step back and then reassess but it yeah it was a really um. interesting
0: do you think uh, having a humbling experience is just part of like a rite of passage for entrepreneurs that you either go through it and you survive i mean i, I feel like this comes up a lot this oh, conversation yeah. of like mental health um, choices and being humble i feel like that it's almost a rite of passage
2: absolutely Um, (laughs) When you're riding high, there is going to be something that knocks you down. Um, The fun part is (laughs) when you get knocked down at that moment, whatever knocked you down was the hardest knock you've ever experienced. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And in my case, I can think of several instances where I got knocked down and thought it was the end of the world only to go right back up again and get knocked down again Mm -hmm. and realize that first knockdown that I had, that wasn't nothing. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I mean, I had had one where um, I lost a deal that uh, cost me $10,000 and I didn't know how I was going to make payroll because I was waiting on this deal to fund the payroll and I didn't know how I was going to make it. So, man, I had to do all this creative stuff to get it. And I was like, oh, my gosh, this is the worst feeling I've ever had in my life, mm-hmm. only to have something else happen that cost me 50000 and then I went back and looked at like, I can't believe you were crying over ten thousand dollars, yeah. When yeah. you have a real issue, which is fifty thousand dollars, only to have Katrina and the recession hit, and I go, man, were you crying yeah. about fifty thousand dollars? <laughs> you sitting there trying to figure out how you go, are you going to survive right now? So yeah, you're. I think I think it is a rite of passage, and for those for those people that have have not experienced it. Well, there's two people. There's the people that have not experienced it yet. And they're like, "Yeah, no, everything's been great." They will experience one,
1: mm-hmm.
2: and they will then come into the second group of people who have experienced this one knockdown, and that felt like the hardest knockdown they've ever had. Mm-hmm. And then I have to remind them that guess what? There's another one
1: coming. Yeah.
2: Um, that meant one of those mentors that I told you about that that helped me to to create my businesses. Old old, really cantankerous guy. He comes in. I'm crying my eyes out at my desk. Um, and he tells me, he said, what you crying for? And I said, man, I don't know how I'm going to make it. I got the copies And, I got it. and I'm, I'm just, I'm balling. I'm doing the <sighs> <Yeah>. <sighs> kind of cry. And he goes, I have, I have gained and lost my millions about three or four times over. This ain't nothing. What you crying for? So at the time, I was kind of thinking about the suicide thing i was like are you making me i'm gonna jump out this window right now i don't want to go through this again yeah Um, but what he was trying to explain to me was that you know like no man i have made millions lost millions three or four times over and i'm still here and it it didn't feel good for him to say it at the time but now i I completely understand it
1: yeah yeah hmm so now you're in the spot where you help others right you're seeing a lot Talk about some of the biggest things you see business owners do like that. I don't want to say wrong, but a lot of where they're shooting themselves in their own, their own foot. I, I, I say a lot of times I see business owners who are very successful in spite of themselves. Right. Mm-hmm. Like you're like, mm-hmm. how the heck are you surviving and let alone thriving? So can you talk about like some of the things you see business owners? um kind of get in their own way
2: couple things number one uh, growing strategic versus uh, management I love that that yeah. one that yeah. one is the first one so most of the times I find they I find one or two of those business owners they're either growing strategic which means they are just full speed ahead and I can see the end of the railway coming down the pipeline and I'm like hey we've got to get control of these things before mm-hmm. you hit that that mm-hmm. process um, and they're like, no, 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 I'm telling you, everything's good. And then they hit it. Yeah. Um, the other side is the manageable where I'm like, Hey guys, you, you've got a great idea. Um, you, you've got to patent this thing, but you've got to, you've got to put some energy and effort into growing, growing this, this business. And they're like, yeah, but I really think that, you know, it just kind of needs to stay where it is. And so I go, Oh, that's, that's going to kick you. And I call that part the, the dream effect. And the dream effect says Well, this is the third part, is the dream effect. And the dream effect says, whatever inspires me to pursue that dream is the same thing that hinders me from achieving that dream. So here's what that means. So here's what that means, right? I want to be the best pie maker. And again, I'm going back to e-myth. I want to be the best pie maker there is. I want to do all these apple pies, right? And then Courtney, you come up to me and say, hey, I want blueberry pies. Because remember, the land of Mm more, if you do something well enough, They're going to want more, not just in quantity, but also in variety. So you say, I want blueberry pies. And I go, no, I'm only selling apple. (laughs) And you go, hey, I want pumpkin pie. And you go, no, I'm only selling apple. So because I'm not listening to what the the market demands, Mm -hmm. right, because it's my dream to be this apple pie maker, um, I'm hindered by that dream because the demand is saying I want all this Mm -hmm. other stuff, and I'm not being fluid. So I need to be fluid there. So I get, I get that part a lot. And then the last part that I get um, is um, shying away from the things that we don't want to do. Mm. Right? So I'm a tinkerer. I want to tinker. Right? Uh, mm-hmm. If I'm a mechanic shop owner, I want to get behind those cars. Invoicing, I don't really want to do. Looking at my numbers i don't really want to do that so i acquiesce or um i abdicate all of those things that i don't want to do to someone else I abdicate i give them the keys to the kingdom i say here's all my books run with it and then i wonder why they embezzled two hundred thousand dollars now yeah. that doesn't always happen it's so
1: common though But it, mm-hmm. it's
2: very very common or mismanaged right i find out wait a minute why do i only have five hundred dollars in the bank when we just had a revenue the greatest revenue stream we've had Mm -hmm. in in years 300 you know three million four million five million dollars i only have five hundred dollars in the bank that's because you did not convey your vision and the things that you needed to someone else and they they assumed and remember they're employees and as much as they love to say i work just as hard as if it is my business it's not and they don't they don't quite get it yeah mm-hmm. so and that hurts a lot of people's feelings when i have to tell them yeah. that
1: so can we go into the land of more because i have a question on that so yeah. to going back to the pie maker mm-hmm. i think I, I was telling you chris uh Butvitson was on we got to that right but he was on a, a couple of weeks ago and he talked about where he kind of got to the he he landamored it for a while and mm-hmm. it was like yeah we can do that yep. yeah we can do that yeah we can do that and all of a sudden you've got 20 things that you're doing and can you do them well sure but you're managing it's like a lot versus the stay in your lane right Mm -hmm. so is there a way or is there something you recommend too, as people are looking at growth opportunities yes there's an opportunity but how do you measure that um, potential cost of that opportunity too where if you're veering too much or you're expanding your lanes too much that's gonna. That's an opportunity cost that you're maybe not paying attention to. Right,
2: right. So the first thing is you need to have metrics, and those metrics need to tell you the truth, mm-hmm. right? And you need to you need to honestly accept those metrics. The second thing is, and when I say metrics, that means um, what are my on time? So we we have two types of metrics: financial metrics. Those are your mm-hmm. financial rationals, but we also have performance metrics, and those are my on time deliveries. My How much uh, rework did I have to do? How much am I paying in overtime? How much, all of those type of things. So I I need to first see where those are and where I was when I was optimally performing, right? Oh man, when I was on my high horse doing good, having the best revenues and the best profits, what was I doing? Now, as I start taking on stuff, I'm still looking back at those metrics. And if I start seeing that those metrics are slipping, and I start making excuses for those metrics, then that means I'm spreading myself too thin. Hmm. Now the other thing is is there's an asset test that we teach at uh Goldman Sachs ten thousand small businesses. And it's there's five things and unfortunately I can't remember all the five things. But <laughs> um is there a demand? Mm-hmm. Um, is there an opportunity to make money? Um, does it fit your core competence? Um And then there's other two, two other ones that I can't remember that I'm going to remember in the car. Mm -hmm. But when you do that acid test, um, which I wish I had learned when I was, uh, when I started my businesses, that kind of keeps you in your lane. Yeah. Um, now the, the other part is to have sounding boards, not yes, men or yes, women, but sounding boards that you constantly go back in touch with to say, Hey, I just got, um, a particular contract or a proposal for blah 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 blah. You know, what do you think we should do? And those folks need to go. Are you out of your mind? You're a pie maker. What are you doing trying to fix a fence? <laughs> right. Yeah, but this fence has fifty percent profit margin. Yeah, but you're a pie maker, right? You need those mm-hmm. folks to tell you that this is not this is not in your wheelhouse.
1: Okay, that helps.
0: <laughs> so now from a um, coaching perspective mm-hmm. do you feel like that um, that's what you want to continue to do or do you think you're gonna you're gonna go in and start another business or have you already
2: so the fun part about um, about being in business and 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 working with so many different businesses is that everybody has a really really good idea <laughs> right yeah um, and so what what I find sometimes is I get fully invested in that good idea mm-hmm. and I want to be a part of it um, but I've learned now that number one I need to make sure that if I invest so I, I have become passive um, uh, a silent investor in, in, a, in a lot of businesses and I make sure that they're that their management their structure their processes are in place before i uh before i join it join and then i get out of the way Mm. and try not to insert myself into it and stay where i'm good at which is um being that sounding board working those processes with them Um, the reason why i started laughing when you said that was i travel all over the country and um whenever i come home i come home with of something that was with my client. So, I'll give you an example. I bought a bike, um, a really high-end bike, when I was working with my bike client, and I and I bought some other stuff. And one day, my I go to work at a uh, burial vault company, and my wife said, "If you bring home a burial <laughs> vault, uh, I'm going to divorce you." I was like, "Oh, but it's, I mean, uh, you have to see it. It's really really cool." So, to answer your question. Um, I do think that I'm here to support uh, small businesses. I do think that I'm here um, um, to turn your good ideas into great ideas, and, and to help you get there. Um, but I'm always I'm always open to other things, even though I'm I don't think I'm an entrepreneur,
0: which is so random, so weird. Well, just hearing like hearing more about your story, it's like it's um. Om- I do believe it's sort of like instilled in you. Yeah. I think you either have it or you don't. mean, mm-hmm. um, you can learn it. Is it going to be as efficient? Probably not. But do, but you're just calling things out. And I'm like, it seemed like a natural progression, all of the things. And it's yeah. natural for an entrepreneur too to go, oh, I can do more. I can do that. Oh, that's a great idea. I already ran this runway. Clearly I can run this runway. Yeah. And that obviously is not the case all the time. Right. Um, I'm just curious, like, you know, you, you get to work with all these other small businesses, and you there's never like that, but I, I could do this, and I can do this better, because mm-hmm. you have a different perspective. You wouldn't, you know, you don't know yet. You don't know it's going to come up. <laughs> right.
2: Well, so I think what, what also helps me to keep in my lane is that my, um, there's always more than one way to skin a cat, and My mm-hmm. but I know my way of skinning a cat, which was a mentor that poured into me and basically held my hand all the way through. So if I was to start another business, um, it's probably going to follow that same model. I'm not going to create it um, um, generically or, or just wing it. Um, I found that my success was really following a blueprint um, from someone that that I saw or felt was in high esteem.
0: Okay, so now you, it brings me to this thought process mm-hmm. of like, someone okay so I'm already in my business you know you're already in your business in order to maybe get to the next level do we seek out a mentor absolutely I've never thought of that I don't I've know never why.
1: actually in all my years like actually worked with a mentor like never. I always feel like I'm bugging somebody like yeah. their, their time is valuable I just I don't know I never think to ask
0: right so, and now you've got me going because there are a couple things I'm very curious about learning and you just called out and you're like oh, I just found a mentor I was like like that, like that, that easy. Like, okay, so who do I call? And then you start. Then you One eight hundred mentor Call <laughs> Josh. Josh. I, this is a category I want to be in. You know, or you know, line of work. Who Who do I call? But like, that just seems so obvious, and I don't know why it's never occurred well, so, to me. oh yeah. man,
2: so you you hit it right on the head. So a couple things is number one is there so many people that know people that know people that know people. Yeah. That we never tap into those resources, right? Mm-hmm. Um. And and I'm going to do a huge shout out to Lynn O'Neill. If you want to find a mentor, you talk to Lynn O'Neill and she'll put you in touch with someone and guilt trip them into making sure they pour into you. Um, So I I just love Lynn O'Neill for that for that very reason. She's awesome. Um, um, But there's two types of people. Right. So I love the way you guys just described yours. There's the there's a type that you guys just described, which is, man, no one's going to help me. I like I'm just a little old me right (laughs) but there are so many people that are willing to help and wanting to help and are curious to like because again does doesn't matter the industry right if it's radio right radio has evolved into this podcast so you have some people that were in the radio business that know tried and true business processes that can can absolutely work for podcasting yeah but They don't know how to get into podcasting and it's a mutual beneficial. So now they're learning and they're pouring into you. And so that's that mutual um, exchange is what they're looking for. So you, by you saying, No, nobody's going to help me, you miss those people. Then, Then there's the other group of people. And those group of people are the ones that I love to, that I always love to talk about. One of my mentors told me that you should always put yourself in a posture to be impressed, not impressive. Ooh. Because when you have like two that. impressive people, you don't gain anything out of the conversation. Yeah. So here's what that looks like, right? So it looks like I go, we're at a networking event, and I go, hey, Aaron, how are you? It's nice to meet you. And you go, and I go, what do you do? And then you tell me what do you do, and I go, oh yeah, I used to do that. Yeah, that was, that was when I, you know, I did this, 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 right? And then. That person goes, well, yeah, I used to do that. and I went on ahead and did this, this, and this. And then y'all keep going back and forth trying to out, you know, shine, <laughs> and shine each other that you miss a valuable exchange that could have been a Such very true. great collaborative effort or putting you guys in touch with mentorships and all those kind of things. So now from that point, you know, what I try to do is when I'm talking to somebody, I have a genuine interest in what, they're, what they have going on. And I put myself in posture to be impressed. I want to know all about what you have to go on and then try to introduce you to one of those people so that you can find, so I can help you find that mentor. And so I think that for those people, when they say, is it that easy to find a mentor? It's not that easy, but it kind of sort of is. Put yourself in a posture to be impressed, swallow your pride, and go out there and find somebody that has a mutual interest um and growing
0: just you and, oh sorry no go but ahead just you saying that is exactly how i perceive our relationship yes like in like you were like genuinely and that's how even how i observe how you talk to other people i didn't i didn't realize that that was the position you were taking but you explaining it is like that is josh yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> well and i think too on the front like i have a good friend raj daniels he's a great do you know raj mm-hmm. okay just a great guy in the community and he was talking about, so I'm like, like, there's people that come to me for help. And I think the most annoying thing in the world is when you come for, like, I had a conversation this week with this woman. perfect example, And she's like, well, blah, blah, blah. I need sponsorship. I'm like, okay, well, here's how you get around that. Mm-hmm. Da, 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 da. Well, yeah, but it's so hard. I'm like, did you just hear what I said? There's the standard model. And then there's the how you get around it. I've got a guy getting, you know, X amount because and he only has this many downloads. Like it is possible. You gotta get creative with it. And there's just I don't know if I said, so there's just a lot of ask in this
2: world. That's what I call them. Yes. That's what I call they them. They want to ask knows.
1: you and they ask you and you and you say, okay, well, here's my advice or here's my experience with it. yeah, but I can't do that because you don't know my, you know, and it's just like, you're just wasting your time. Yes. So going back to Raj, like I was talking to him about that because I'm like, I just have a lot of people ask me for help and I pour into them and then they do nothing with it. And you're right. like, don't waste my time then. Why are you asking me if you already know the answers? That's right. And he's like, well, I will, when people want to mentor, I'll, I'll put them through a little test where it's like, I'll ask them to do certain things. And if they do, if they're willing to pour in that time, if they're asking me and they're going to do the things that I ask them to do, I will work with them all day long and want to help them. But if, well, I can't do that because blah, 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 blah. And so I think too, you have to approach it. Like I am all ears. Like I am Not to say whatever you say is whatever I'm going to do, but I'm going to listen Mm -hmm. and I'm going to be open about it. And if I'm asking this time of you to Mm -hmm. pour into me, you're darn straight. I'm going to do something with this. And I Mm -hmm. think you have to really be open to that as you're working with people, too, to say, please understand, I'm I'm listening to you right now because a lot of people want help. but They don't want help. Well, they want someone to tell them how to do
0: it.
2: Yeah.
1: And they want somebody to tell them that what they're doing is right. Versus, you know what I'm saying. Affirmation, affirmation yeah. is huge. Yeah,
2: affirmation is huge, and it's a it's a killer. It's yeah. a killer for businesses. It's a killer for cele- celebrities, athletes. It's a killer for businesses. Yeah, right? because someone being being open, honest, transparent, um, and uh, and accepting criticism is 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 a very scary place to be. Mm. Um, and so, a lot of people don't like to do that. But I want to go back to something that you said. Um, because I want to make sure it's clear, I am genuinely one of the reasons why I love what I do as a consultant, as an advisor for Goldman Sachs 10,000 Small Businesses, working with the alumni Mm -hmm. of Goldman Sachs 10,000 Small Businesses, is I get to interact with all of you great people that don't know you're great. (laughs) Um, And so when so my journey as a consultant started down that road where I would go to all of these places all over the country and people would say, oh, this is what I do. I have a pipe uh, pipe refurbisher in Houston that I have to go see later on this month. And when I first met him, he was like, yeah, I just clean pipes for a living. But when he started teaching me about pipes, did you know that like pipes in the oil and gas business, you can buy and resell that pipe probably 30 or 40 times over, right? So what he does is he's a pipe broker. He he buys this pipe that's been used in the in the Gulf or wherever it is. He sandblasts it, puts some new material back into it, recoats it, and then sells it back out for a profit. And I'm like, what do you mean you're just a pipe guy? Man, that is incredible. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. I had a client in Salt Lake City who I can't remember, but they were an organization specialist. Basically, think about Lowe's and those those uh, those big. Mm-hmm. Uh, shelves, and think about the machines that, that follow the yellow line and the blue line and the green line. So Salt Lake City, Utah, his bay window is a big old mountain, right, snow-capped mountain. And uh, it was so funny. They had a four-story building that still had the shoots um, because that's also the things they do, the um, bank chutes and all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. And I'm talking to him, and he's like, yeah, I just do stupid stuff like this all the time. I know I'm, I'm not one of your better clients i was like are you kidding See, me there it is. yeah That's are you right there. are you kidding yeah. me This thing, I'm like, look, i was literally sending him notes like from the first floor up like hey what do you want for lunch because i could do that in your place yeah. like you can't do that everywhere else so anyway i go to all <laughs> the i go to all of these places and in 10ksb and i meet all you guys and like like you make candles? How do you make candles? I thought you just get them from the store; and they're already made. Like, what are you talking about? Yeah. You know, yeah. So I just, I, 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 I genuinely love, um, watching, watching, uh, watching all these small business owners that don't realize that what they do is awesome. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. they do it every day. Yeah. And and actually, become one of those people that get to remind you that it's awesome.
0: Yeah. And you help us take ownership of that.
2: Isn't that the truth?
0: no i'm serious because like even through the program i remember even like i think it was like even the first or second week we had like a one-on-one with paul and i was like yeah this is what we did and he's like actually like you you're actually doing you have a business mm-hmm. this is how much your profit was like that's a substantial amount to the you know when they told us like how much the whole group made and i was like oh okay and it was like you reinstalled the confidence yeah and that's because of your excitement about Mm -hmm. it and because you've seen the full scope of ups and downs and all of that you're you help us realize that Mm -hmm. i don't think a lot of people realize how building a community how important that is because i didn't know that prior to it i just same thing i was like okay we're filling it up and it's down the conveyor belt and out it goes there's so much more to it and as you start talking about it and you're getting excited about a pipe i want to know the pipe guy now yeah right but tell me about this this is so cool you know and they and we we almost dumb ourselves down like it's not important but you reiterated it um who who said it at um when we were in dc we're the backbone of america michael bloomberg Yeah, michael bloomberg. yeah. we don't talk about that we only yeah. talk about the businesses that are doing like the big stuff like apple and although very cool and very you know you know a yeah. lot of great things the pipe thing that's like Making it run—that's making the whole world run. Yeah, and we're not yeah. talking about it.
2: Absolutely. Well, a couple of things. Uh, you know, again, I told you that my mentors each time they there was a resounding theme, which was um, America. This is you know, small business is the backbone of American economy, and I kept going. I don't know what you're talking about, but obviously, <laughs> y'all have all read the same book. Yeah. Um, <laughs> right. But then all of a sudden, you go, wait a minute. You start to learn. You start to learn as you go through all of these uh, uh, for me at least as i go through all these businesses and learning all these different businesses how they're all interconnected Mm -hmm. right and especially with goldman sachs ten thousand small businesses um Mm -hmm. one of the things that i love to do is is make those connections and then watch those connections grow so we we love to 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 find alumni that are doing this and this and then connect those two and then watch them create Uh, a new entity like you guys have done here, right, and then watch those folks get with Mm -hmm. another group and then this this cell starts to grow and you start to realize, holy crap, that is what we mean by backbone of American economy, is how do two people with two different ideas and um, uh, imaginations get together and create something even more imaginative and creative and then they get with someone else and create more um, now, the one thing that I will say when I say this part, and and some of my some of my clients um, and small business owners don't like when I say it, is the the um, the cosmos, if you will, is ever evolving, and that it, that evolution does not necessarily look good all the time. Mm-hmm. And so, with covid happening and with katrina happening with some of the we lost a lot of small businesses right and a lot of times people are like oh i can't believe that this happened you know the small business died and blah 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 and i go listen even though these small businesses died that didn't end the cosm of small businesses that person still has this knowledge right And I only know that because I lost two or three businesses myself, and I realized, hey, I'm still here, right? And so I have to remind small business owners and my clients and my alumni that even if you have gone through this and you've fought the good fight and it it ended, right, that doesn't mean that your small business journey is over. Mm -hmm. What that means is you are now being able to transition into another role in the 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 cosm of small business yeah and so it may be a loan officer it may be josh the consultant it may be the right hand to another person that has a great idea but just quite can't quite get it off the ground and you're the person that brings them to the stratosphere yeah mm-hmm. and so sometimes if we're if we're so focused on no, no no we can't have small business failure as a part of small business success then we lose a lot we lose out on a lot um We lose out on a major factor of of our economy and our ecosystem. Mm
1: -hmm. I think, too, and I know we got to probably wrap up soon, but, like, I, my first business, my first official business, like, I did real estate investing, but then the first business I started was, it was so accidental, and I had no expectations, and it was, okay, yeah, we'll figure this out, okay, yeah, we'll figure this out, and I was probably one of those very successful i don't want to say in spite of myself but i it was so passionate and you just when you look back on a secret sauce of a, a business i hit the jackpot do you know what i'm saying i was passionate about what we did i was able to and we had bumps but there was never anything really difficult about that building process necessarily where i looked back and was like oh god i i hit and i say that because then in another business that I went like it was bumpy and hard and horrible. And I had to pull myself out of suicidal thoughts and all of that. You take Erin post the first business that she sold and everything was pretty easy to Erin that went through a really hard time. I learned a heck of a lot more about business and that hard time than I did at the beginning because I didn't have to get strategic. I didn't have to get create. I, I didn't I didn't have to figure things out from a difficult standpoint it was like okay yeah this is what we do i don't know if i can do it better or if it works better or mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying and mm-hmm. i think i know for me that failure though made me question everything like do i even know what i'm doing who would hire me obviously i suck you know mm-hmm. what i mean yeah. <laughs> versus that Aaron is a lot more knowledgeable and can help help a lot more people in a different way than the first sale of the business you know first business sale Aaron yeah. could
2: my my failure in the car business taught me so much about contracts and understanding contracts. Man, I can't tell you how many times um, uh, some of my my wonderful, wonderful customers who just, Mr. Johnson, if you could just get me a car because I want to be responsible, and then I never saw him again. (laughs) Hey, you're supposed to make this payment and never saw him again. And they would go right down the street to any attorney that would take the case and get out of the contract. And now I have a car that is so beat up that uh, I have to I have to eat on, you know. I have to eat it, you know. <laughs> uh, I learned so much more about contracts in all my other businesses through that through that business. Yeah. And so yeah, failure failure is a part of life and a great part of that. So I i you know even though every now and then i get sad about you know some of my failures i think they're definitely blessings
0: yeah i uh when we were interviewing cheryl we talked about um cheryl p williamson amazing uh-huh. whole thing about mindset the last couple of weeks changed uh we talked about failure as fertilizer i have it like as a post on the back of my door because same thing had an issue with contracts last year they didn't want to sign them but they wanted us to Effectively be their bank mm-hmm. for an entire year, and you totally all these things that I've learned this year. I'm like I learned how tough I am. I learned how you know how just having an open conversation about being honest and ego. Mm-hmm. Ego totally got checked this year. So yeah. it's I hindsight I welcomed it when I was in it. Did not love it right. yeah. at all.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it's hard. Uh, yeah.
0: All right. Should we do wrap yes, fire Yes, I gotta pull them up because yeah. I was. I was so yeah, excited yeah. when we got here. Like, I you know. To pull
1: them up. And these are like coming at you. Like FYI, <laughs> usually I send these ahead of time. And sorry, Josh, I did nope, not. No, that's all right. So you're coming.
2: <laughs> I'm an open book. They're just
1: like, they're uh, going to come
0: firing at you. Let's do it. And, and there uh, might be one on there just because people have asked <laughs> for me to ask. Oh. Anyways, okay. uh, favorite beverage?
2: Coke. Coca-Cola.
0: Like on the tap or in like the can?
2: Very interesting. Or bottle. McDonald's. Coca-Cola. I don't know what they pour okay. in that thing.
0: I'm telling you that that's where that I was is, getting at. That is delicious. <laughs> it is. It's almost like they jack the bubbles up.
2: I have no clue as to what they do with it, but McDonald's Coca-Cola. Little yeah. extra spoons of sugar That's right.
0: <laughs> uh, best advice you've ever been given?
2: Ooh, that's a tough one. Um, I always tell people that I know I'm blessed. I don't know if the blessing is what... What the what happened to me, or the thing that happened, or is that mon- is that minuscule thing how it became so important to me? Like, if you had a, a piece of a lint that was on your thing, and I grabbed that lint, and all of a sudden it sparked this this crazy thought. Um, I always go, well, I, that thought was a blessing. I just don't know if the blessing was the lint or you know the thought that it came. So when you ask that question, I'm thinking of all of these wonderful things that have happened. Um, that have turned into these great thoughts mm-hmm. that I just shared with you today. So I, I don't know the the only thing that I guess if I were to put something down would be my grandmother saying if you want something bad enough you would pay for it yourself, um, mm-hmm. and you f- you figure out a way to get it. So, but man, there's so many other ones that are that are way better than that that touch me at the right time. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I don't know that was a tough one.
0: Sorry, if you could have uh, dinner with anyone, who would it be?
2: My wife. <laughs> <laughs> hey, when you're a small listen, when you're a small, we're all laughing, I come <laughs> Listen, when you're a small business owner and you are working and doing all these things, sometimes your family uh, takes a back seat. You know, yeah. when I was definitely when I was starting up my businesses, man, I, I, I oftentimes ask my wife, I said, man, why were you even listening to me? Because. <laughs> I mean, why are you even still with me? Because there were six years that I don't think I even listened to one word she said. Mm. um, Because I was just trying to build a business. So, yeah, Mm -hmm. I would say my wife.
1: (laughs) That's very sweet. We're going to make sure we clip that up for you. And then just happen to get it in her social feed or something. (laughs) Uh,
0: Your morning routine.
2: Morning routine. Uh, I now have a a three-year-old. So he is my alarm clock. (laughs) And I get him up. And... um, while he is eating his breakfast, I usually have an audiobook uh, YouTube playing in the bathroom as I'm getting dressed. Uh, I suck at audiobooks, so I'm intentionally right now trying to learn how to listen to audiobooks because I wind up getting, I hear something, it takes me down a rabbit hole, and then I miss the whole rest of the yeah. chapter. Mm-hmm. So right now, audiobook, YouTube uh, video, listening to that and just gaining insight and clarity and then put drop him off at daycare and um and start making phone calls hmm. uh
0: okay so you're what are you reading you're listening to audiobooks um top bucket list item
2: top bucket list item oh that's tough um i have to get new ones um because and it's not it's not a brag. It was that my expectations on what my life was going to be like as a new, you know little kid from New Orleans, I exceeded that. Mm. Um, and again, it, don't hear me telling you that I've you know met the president or anything like that. I'm just saying my expectations were so low. So I need new bucket lists. Um, I've been fortunate enough to see 43, been to 43 states, been all over. Canada and Mexico which is way more than I ever thought I would ever do so you know what I, I gotta come up with a new bucket list I hate that <laughs> no it's a good problem to have I love all these questions because I'm I'm sitting there going man dude you are just way down there
0: <laughs> favorite songs to sing ooh Oh. this, was a, <laughs>
2: um, this is
0: a new one this is this new is because, Josh special. well, and only because really anytime I bring up Josh someone's like oh have you heard him sing you heard him
1: sing? Yeah, I've heard him sing Happy Birthday.
2: Yeah. it's very I, good. No, you've got a great voice. I don't know what y'all are listening to. Listen, ask my wife if I can sing. She'll tell you.
0: You sing it at um, the Federal Reserve.
2: Right. And it was <laughs> hard. Yeah. Right. I, I don't know what y'all are. I don't know what y'all hear. See, listen, y'all are the people that get um, get those folks on American Idol looking like just looking terrible. Right. Because they go up there and they, they start really singing good. and then Simon Cowell goes, no, dog, no that's not going to work. And then they go, you know what? My grandmother told me I could sing. I'm going to be a star. Right. No. Well, so look now, at it this way. You mm-hmm.
1: bring out the business genius in us and we bring out the singing genius in you. Oh, so we see a talent in you that you don't see. All right. So here to answer that question,
2: <laughs> to answer that question in the car um, is either going to be pop music. And when I say pop music, I mean like NSYNC, Taylor Swift type oh. stuff, or oh. gang, or gangster Rap.
0: Oh, naturally, yeah.
2: But in the, shower, <laughs> in the shower, in it, the shower, it's going to be sultry, because let me tell you, I'm a crooner in the shower, <laughs> to myself.
0: <laughs> What's your guilty pleasure?
2: Is it <laughs> um, guilty pleasure, so right now I have a three-year-old kid. It's being able to watch a full movie and ignore him. <laughs> now listen, it doesn't happen at all. Uh, it now takes me seven um, seven days to watch uh, one hour and a half long movie. Yeah. But when I just like let my poor wife struggle with him while I'm sitting there watching Netflix, a Netflix movie on my iPad.
1: <laughs> yes. Okay. Uh, hey, but we'll go back to your what? Are, what are you listening to in your audiobook? Yeah, there you go. Yeah.
2: Um, so I went back and started rereading um, a few of my Kiyosaki books, mm-hmm. um, just because I was uh, I'm I'm working with a couple of uh, students right now, uh, entrepreneur students, and so I'm walking them through um, the cash flow quadrant, and so when we have our weekly or bi-weekly meetings i want to make sure that we touch on stuff so um th- that's what i'm reading slash listening to
0: i feel that's like awesome. he never went away but there's like a resurgence
2: mm-hmm.
0: well he's right? yeah he's big well i don't know if he ever went away. yeah i don't I think, don't think I... well it's like he's big I right now on the like, credit when i was like yeah. in my 20s and then kind of had thought about it in a while but more recently and it's i maybe because i said his name once and now the <laughs> app's telling me that i need to but i yeah. get like messages and emails and all this stuff i'm like he's kind of got a, like a little resurgence anyways yeah.
1: I, did, I did he's bad so i'll have a funny story he i love him and he is rich dad poor dad changed my life right yeah. so i and then i taught myself trading stock trading all this stuff and then i took his course on untrading and it made me second guess everything Uh, this was like 10 or so years ago and I bought Tesla and they taught you about setting floors so if it goes down and so my Tesla fell to like it was like I don't remember like fell to like 35 and it auto sold and then like four days later it like jumped like 150 or something and I'm like curse you (laughs) and every time I still see Tesla to this day I'm like I love Kiyosaki. I love Kiyosaki, but yeah. But you know what's funny about that? Step? Because
2: I I, I, I I teach the same thing with uh, with small businesses. Make uh-huh. sure you have a floor. Make sure you have um, what we call a zero point. Um, and a zero point, just for anybody, is the point at which you act as though you have zero dollars in the bank. Yeah. Right? But in in doing those type of things, you see the one time where you made the you made the call based on your process. And it wasn't the right call, and you ignore the eighty other times you made that same call, and it was the right call. Yeah. We only focus on that one time where it happened, but guess what? There were eighty other times where you wouldn't even been, even been able to look at Tesla because you were out of business. <laughs> yeah,
1: that's true. That's true. I need to let that go. Mm-hmm. All right, Josh. If somebody were to, wanted to get a hold of you, is there a website? Any place that they go? Like LinkedIn? Where's your preference?
2: Um, so right now uh, Goldman Sachs, 10,000 small businesses uh, shoot me an email josh. Johnson at dallascollege.edu um, is the main way to get me uh, I I have so much spam in my LinkedIn that you can you can reach me on LinkedIn I don't very check it very often okay um, and by the time I answer that question it will be three years later okay. so email me. And yeah, that would be great.
1: <laughs> All right, we'll put that in there. Thank you Thank so much you. for Thank making this happen and setting the time and we appreciate it.
2: Awesome, awesome. Thank you. Thank you.